You're listening to the most authentic place in sports. It's the Sports Headline Show. Here are your hosts, Sean Davis and Warner Sanker. Welcome back, everybody, into the most authentic place in sports, the Sports Headline Show. Sean Davis is run by Warner Sanker, as always, with our week two NFL power rankings as the P drops. We're going to talk over the B drop today. But first, Warner, my man, how you doing? I'm doing well. Really, um, almost a perfect week one in terms of having overreactions, having teams look great, good teams look bad. Um, but we're about to break it all down here in the power rankings. Pump the brakes on a little bit, hype up a few teams, um, and overall give our uh, honest opinions through you know hours of film breakdown and roster breakdowns over the preseason and how that affects uh, this post-week one going into week two climate with our week two power rankings. If you guys missed it, our preseason power rankings are um, officially up. Um, we have yet to reveal the top five, but you'll see the top five in this episode, and we will we will break down we will get those breakdowns out to you. But um, that's the original list. That's what this list is based off of. And we don't we don't like to overreact a whole lot because after all, it is only one week. Every week of the NFL is really every every game is a game of a few inches or a few yards here and there. The team. You know, the worst team in the league and the best team in the league may seem very separate, but on any given week, we saw it last year, Colts-Jags week 18, the worst team in the league faced a top 10 team in our eyes, and the worst team in the league won because they brought more effort and more intensity and took the game and eliminated the Colts from the playoffs. Um, so I'm really excited to start or start this official uh, season series with you, Sean. Uh, let's, let's get into this. <laughs> You're still rolling with the Broncos countrywide left, I see. Yes, absolutely. Um, now, I do want to mention that uh, this is a little bit later in the week. Typically, these will come out Tuesday uh, afternoon slash evening at the latest Wednesday uh, morning. Um, and then uh, we'll try to sprinkle in some film breakdowns and things of that nature as well on the YouTube channel and on our fantastic Substack that we are starting. Uh, if you want to learn more about uh, scheme-specific stuff and film, we'll throw some film breakdowns up there as well. Uh, go over to our Substack. I'll put the link down in the description below. You can subscribe there on our fantastic Substack. Uh, also, um, be on the lookout. Follow at Sports Headline Eight for um, a bunch of polls and questions um, when it comes to who do you guys want to see? Uh, what do you guys want to see topic-wise on these film breakdowns? Um, although I will say. It's kind of up to us whether we substack it or put it on public YouTube. Yeah. But uh, give us a follow over there. Give Sean a follow, uh, and you'll be sure to stay up to date with all the videos we drop, all the podcasts we release, our NFL roundtable, and, of course, uh, those film breakdowns, which we love producing and, and we know everybody loves to watch as well. Learn more about your favorite team or who your favorite team's playing that uh, that season. So um, quick shout-out to that. But, yeah, we do power rankings. Let's Let's do it. Yes, absolutely. Let's dive in here with our number 32nd ranked team, our dead last in our power rankings. It is going to be the Jacksonville Jaguars. And if you tuned into our preseason power ranking series, they were not dead last. They were, uh, I believe, 30th in our preseason power rankings. So they do drop two spots. I do want to tease something to you all. I'm not going to do this for any of our other teams. But uh, what we're going to do this year is a little bit different for those of you who stuck around with us all last season. Last year... We, I love the way we did last year, but, you know, it's an upgrade mm-hmm. this year. What we are going to do, uh, we're not going to do this for this episode. We're still working out the kinks and working out how the stuff like this will work. 
But, um, you know, we're going to have a whole sheet and a whole graphic for you all um, on, like, the trending uh, players and how the offensive and defensive uh, uh, units team. are trending. Yes, thank you. Um, so it will look like this. Like, for the Jags, we have their head coach, GM still, the offensive coordinator slash play caller, whoever yeah. the play caller is. Uh, we botched the name Doug Peterson. Come on, Warners, with the D. <laughs> um, as, as you said, work in progress still debut in week two, but uh, yes. yeah, some, some trending players, obviously you see up top, they lost to the commanders, um, some trending players, Trevor Lawrence still has not really looked good. Looked like his number one overall pick form. Uh, the offense obviously being 32nd coming into the year, can't really go upwards, not deserving of going upwards. So they would say put um, example. So you could see, you know, um, say this was a competitive team, say they're just outside the top 10 or, or around 20 or so, they could be trending up. We could, you know, we, we're going to have a series of colored arrows um, or you could just see, you know, trending, say top 10 or, or for the Jags, maybe top 20 um, if their offense really starts to click and, and move forward in that, in that direction. Um, or you could say the defense, uh, you know, maybe trending down if they give up 45 uh, here in week two. So, it's a, it's all, a, it's a weekly thing. That's where you kind of get your weekly overreactions. Whereas the power rankings as a whole, um, you get kind of our, our opinions and our, our thoughts on where the uh, season will end at what teams will be the best come into the season time, um, which is kind of the overarching purpose of, of the uh, power rankings. Absolutely. Now they, uh, they will play the Indianapolis Colts this Sunday um, at the time of recording anyway, in week two, um, I'm, I'm nervous how they match up with the Colts. Um, I, I think the Colts aren't going to beat themselves like they did last year with Carson Wentz at quarterback. I think the offense uh, missed them. The, the Colts offense, they went missed some opportunities. We'll get to the Colts then. But, um, you know, this offense, nothing really spectacular when you look at what Jacksonville did in week one. They uh, could have won that game. They had their opportunities to win that football game. And, um, you know, Trevor Lawrence, you know, it, it's this is a big time. I think it's a big time game for Trevor Lawrence to – Build some confidence uh, facing one of the better defenses in football. Um, I think he needs this and, and needs to have a really good performance for his own uh, you know, confidence level. But that's our thoughts on them. But let's dive in here to, to fourth ranked to the fourth ranked. <laughs> fourth ranked team. Yeah, yeah the no, Houston Texans, everybody. Fourth ranked. Um, no. We're going to get the top five out of the way real quick. That's the Houston Texans. Yeah, I know, right? Um, but Davis Mills, uh, Texans will stay put. The pre- their rating last week was number 31. Um, Davis Mills, really impressive first half from this team, but the Colts, obviously being the better, more talented team, fought their way back and, and ended with a tie um, last week. I would say very encouraging for the Texans and the Lovey Smith era as he tries to you know rebuild the culture and, and make this team at least into a competitive team in the box score, um, whereas they are – pretty much getting blown out of the water in terms of every skill position, every position um, room in terms of talent. I'm really excited to dive into the, I haven't been able to watch the all 22 from this game, but uh, I'm really excited to look at Davis Mills, man. With Pep Hamilton as the offensive coordinator, I'm glad that they just promoted him up. A guy that's really been deserving this opportunity has been great with young quarterbacks. He's the quarterbacks coach Mm -hmm. last year um, for this Texan squad. And I mean, Davis Mills, he's, you could make a legitimate argument. I think uh, you would be wrong. Davis Mills right now has been the second best quarterback from his own draft class. He's like how, how Matt Jones looked last week. I mean, are we one? 
maybe he's the best. Yeah. So. I mean, the, the Patriots offense really is a huge TBD after McDaniels left and you got no official coordinator and who's playing, calling plays, Mac Jones, a bunch of reports of him looking terrible in camp, didn't have a good game, only putting up seven against the Dolphins. Um, I'd say this whole rookie quarterback class, all the six guys are really TBDs uh, when it comes to will they pan out? Will they be a franchise quarterback? And right now Davis Mills looks like he honestly is, is the best one. Uh, from the class when it comes to results on the football field. Yeah, and the Texans, they uh, like you mentioned more, they just unfortunately could have get the job done. Brandon Cooks, I think it's really, really underrated and underappreciated. Um, yeah. They got the Broncos this week. The Broncos should take care of business, but this Texans team, and I mean, I, mean, I, I should know this better than anybody, this Texans team is like a trap game for anybody. I think this Texans team is good enough on any given Sunday so, you know, knock somebody off and, you know, not going to lie, Warner, as a Chargers fan, I'm petrified to go to Houston week four because I think that that's a trap game uh, to play for, for the Chargers anyway. But, we just uh, saw it against the Colts, man, and they ended up in a tie. So I guess yeah. Colts got something out of it. Texans got something out of it. Texans aren't defeated, and the Colts finally didn't lose a week one game um, since Andrew Luck. But number 30 is the Seattle Seahawks. Boy, oh, boy, Geno Smith. We did call uh, kudos mostly to Sean. Um, and his Broncos country-wide left name. We did call um, Seattle beating Denver week one, but I think Geno Smith looked a lot better, especially in the first half. Now, yes. that, um, you know, really the second half is really what matters in week one, I would say, because it's the first time teams are actually showing looks. Nobody shows anything in the preseason. They're actually scheming defenses, and they have a half to adjust to um, how good a certain quarterback is. He looked really, really good in the first half. I will say, don't get too high on him because of how he looked in the second half. Um, I would definitely take that as a, uh, a pump the brakes moment just because he uh, the, the Broncos really adjusted well to him in the second half and his style of gameplay. But overall, he looked he looked pretty good. Yeah, Gino looked really good in that first half of that game. Uh, Shelby Harris is uh, my – he's my best friend. What now. an Shelby. interview, dude. What a post-game what, interview. What that an awesome. interview. Um, That's right. Now – Let's ride. All he has is let's ride. Um, you know, they're gonna they're gonna travel to San Fran. That's gonna be a tough game. Imagine if they beat the Niners. Uh yikes. Yikes Dude, for the Niners. Trey Lance, if Trey Lance starts 0-2 against the Bears and the Seahawks, the noise will be loud. It will of be course, loud. they brought back Jimmy Garoppolo. He is on the roster as the backup. Wow, there's gonna be a lot of noise claiming for Jimmy G and also. If Seattle starts two and zero and has a two game lead on everyone in the West, that, that would just be that would be awesome. That would be so fun. Um, DK but, and Tyler yeah. Lockett are still incredible. Will Disley had a great touchdown catch. Um, now they do lose Jamal Adams for the year, um, yeah. which in terms of you know uh, the impact he makes as I a box like, safety like and, and Jamal and, Adams is being more properly rated. The hype's kind of cooled down on him. You know, he was like, oh, top three safety, top five safety. He's not. But he's still a good player, a starting caliber player, and and this defense is definitely going to miss his his presence. He's a leader on the field um, and and also just uh, an overall solid player for the defense. He's not some elite safety, top five safety, but he's still a good player. Absolutely, and that's going to end this tier for us of teams that are Re, you know, like, yeah, they're not going to do much. You know, when's, when's the drafts rebuilding tier? But uh, let's kick off this next tier, which I believe, Warner, is full of uh, bad but competitive teams. Is that accurate? 
yeah, teams that uh, are really, really trap games. Uh, you know, these these three teams, you can kind of not show up as the Colts did in the first half and kind of come back in the second half. Whereas against yeah, against against these this next block of teams, if you if you're if you're down twenty in the first half, you're probably not coming back. They're going to edge out a victory, and these teams are going to play hard. They got good head coaches. They got good. They they produce good effort, and they they have some uh, qualities of, of almost boomer bust type rosters to offenses or defenses. Um, they just don't quite have it all together yet to be in a, an edge of the playoffs tier or a playoff tier. Now let's get start off with the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, I, I, I've watched this game at least once now. I think I watched a little bit of the all 22 as well. Um, Arthur Smith, man, just give him all, just give him a, a ton of credit the way he schemes this, things up for this for this Falcons team, it's it's awesome. Um, you know, he's he's really I, I, I think he's a really good at coach already. Um, Marcus Mariota was fine. Um, I think he 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 showed some development as a passing. Like he's he's picked up on some things as uh, he's been bouncing around the NFL. Mm-hmm. Um, Drake London looked great in this game. Yeah. I, I yeah. will say that as well. Um, AJ Terrell, I'm not going to say he had a bad game, but uh, Michael Thomas definitely won. You know, a lot. I will say those those two red zone looks. I believe they were both Thomas versus Terrell, um, and in, you know in, it wasn't bad coverage by Terrell. It was just really good ball placement. Really good ball placement. And Mike Thomas being a physical, lengthy, um, great re- receiver when it comes to contested catches. I mean, he's six five, uh, like what two twenty. Mike Thomas is. And he pretty much just said, hey, put the ball out of A.J. Terrell's reach, who is also a lengthy corner. Put the ball out of his reach. I've got good enough hands. I've got strong enough hands to, you know, reel this ball in. And he did it twice in the red zone. Yeah, Richie Grant, a a safety that we were really, really high on coming out of the draft, was awesome as well in this game. I really felt his impact. Um, You know, this is a really competitive team. I feel like, like Warner was mentioning, you're going to have to play a, a football game when you play the Atlanta Falcons, and that might sound like really, really weird, but honestly, that's a compliment. Trust me. Um, yeah. When we're talking about uh, these this group of teams, uh, the Falcons this week they will be playing. Uh, I'm missing it. The Falcons this week they're going to be playing. Uh, well, dang it, where is ah? There we go. I missed it. My oh, bad. We have just... the Seahawks uh, for twenty five. Yeah, or sorry, the Rams. My bad. The Rams. The Rams yeah, yeah. I, I blanked there, but um, you know, I, I think the Rams gonna have to beat them for a full game, and uh, because I think Arthur Smith is uh, coaching this team up really, really well, and uh, I will although say an excellent opportunity for the Rams to put together a complete game against a lesser roster opponent, um, and you know, have a quote unquote easy victory where if they play complete, they don't have to be peak Rams, but they play good Rams football, um, well-coached, well-disciplined effort football, unlike what we saw in week one. That was a terrible game by the Rams, especially their offense. Um, if we see that from the Rams, they should beat the Falcons, um, I-, I would say, pretty comfortably, although it's not going to be a blowout in the box score. Absolutely. And uh, let's dive into now uh, number 28 in our power rankings, the Chicago Bears. Uh, the Bears – Oh man, what a monsoon game, dude! That was yeah, honestly hilarious. Padding the field, personal foul, unsportsmanlike conduct, or whatever. 
for, for trying to dry the field. field. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, diving, uh, slip and sliding at the end. <laughs> Soldier Field's a mess. It's just so hard to, like, have any real takeaways from this game for either side. Or, like... And, and that's why I feel like when people overreact to more so the Niners side. Now, granted, we did drop the Niners a little bit. But when you overreact to anybody from this game, I mean, I, I just think it's false. Now, I will say the two throws Justin Fields made for, for touchdowns, I, I think were great throws. I think J- Justin Fields coming out, I felt like if every if there was a player like, hey, everything goes right, who's the best player? My money would have been Justin Fields if everything went right. I think he has he, – he's athletic enough. He has the physicality of a runner. Similarly to like a Jalen Hurts in a way, his physicality as a runner, his ability, there's still, still a quick uh, uh, quarterback in terms of his running ability. Um, and again, it's more so the mental stuff. Can he click the pocket presence? He has a – uh, already a NFL caliber arm. He has that already. Mm-hmm. Um, now this week is going to be more of the challenge, and this week's going to be more of the the game to watch. You know they're playing uh, they're playing Green Bay week two tonight this this Sunday Sunday night football on NBC. Alan Chris, actually it's not Alan Chris anymore. It's uh, Alan. Uh, no, it's not even Al. No, it's. Uh- Mike Tirico is Mike yeah. and Chris. Shout out Mike Tirico, by the way, phenomenal announcer. He'd been delegated to the Olympics for a while, um, but yeah, what a perfect guy to uh, step in and um, you know replace Al Michaels, who's obviously a legend. Yeah, him and John Madden, probably the two best um, commentators, play-by-play guys of all. And John Madden wasn't well, even a play-by-play guy, uh, but two best guys. Imagine those two in the booth together. That would would have been amazing. And look. But, um, the br- the Browns are probably going to lose. I mean, not the Browns. Well, the Brown, I hope the Browns lose every game possible. Browns are going to lose too, but the Bears. Yeah, the Bears. But um, I don't. I I think if you're a Bears fan, first off, Matt Eberflus, I am going to give him some credit. Again, I'm not going to overreact yeah. too much, but that defense is very, very well coached. Um, yes. so I'm going to give Eberflus some credit. But I'm so excited to see how Justin Fields plays against this defense. First off, is Joe Barry, we'll talk about when we get to the Packers, <laughs> is Joe Barry going to grow a brain cell? But, yeah. like, I'm I'm really, really excited to see Justin Fields and in, 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 in how he performs against that Packers defense. Because um, I, I really, really love Justin Fields coming out. And I really, really do hope that he turns out to be a really special player. But he got sent to the worst situation. Actually, no, Jacksonville's worst. <laughs> Next up in the list. Oh, Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> Trevor Lawrence, uh, another second-year quarterback who unfortunately has not played yet. And that's why I believe they slot in at the exact same spot. Warner, correct me if I'm wrong. Um, I think they dropped a spot only because of uh, one certain team um, that, that rose. Um, yeah, they dropped a spot because another another team, this next team, rose to um, playing a very competitive game. But nothing really against the Jets. Um, Joe Flacco obviously was their quarterback. He's not as good as Zach Wilson is pure talent-wise. Now, they're probably close to uh, how good they are when it comes to actually seeing the field and, and implementing an offense. But, um, you know, it it's just you can never really do – put anything on uh, on this Jets team. I mean, Joe Flacco threw the ball 60 times 
which is absolutely ridiculous. You know, you see, oh, 300 yards passing. Well, it was only 5.2 per attempt. He threw the ball again 60 times, which is not what you want to see. Brees Hall um, and Michael Carter were the only two backs that got carries, only 16 of them. I get they were playing from behind for a while, but you kind of expect that from from playing against the Ravens. Um, You honestly expected a blowout. And, I mean, Mike LaFleur's got to get this offense clicking. If he wants to – get a head coaching spot like his brother. Um, he's got to really make this offense go, move. And I think that in, that starts with getting a running game going. Uh, Michael Carter, Brees Hall. I think Brees Hall's got to be the feature back, although Michael Carter's still a damn good back. Um, but they've got to get those guys going. Garrett Wilson and Elijah Moore combined for 10 catches over 100 yards. Elijah Moore had five for 50. You know, they were spreading the ball around, but then again, you can't be throwing the ball 60 times, especially against a team like the Ravens. Um, whereas their defense really couldn't stop, couldn't stop the Ravens. Devin Duvernay had some really good red zone catches that are just tough, tough balls to defend. And they let Rashad Bateman slip behind them a little bit, um, you know, especially on that big 55 yard touchdown. Um, but you know, overall, I, you can't really judge this team too much until Zach Wilson gets back and uh, shows how good he is and what kind of jump he made from year one to year two, because he's the future of that organization. And, um, you know, with how Zach Wilson goes is how the Jets will go and, until, you know, they either have to replace him or he would leave in free agency if, if he panned out well. You want some good news as a Jets fan? Your two rookies looked really good. Garrett Wilson, Sauce Garner looked good. DJ Reed had a big interception as well. Um, so, yeah, that's a great evaluation by Warner. Uh, taking a look at the Carolina Panthers now, they do bump up a spot. The offense is so TBD, and yeah. it's part of it is because you know you look at it, and it's like uh, I mean, freaking Ben McAdoo. Do we trust the offensive line? Baker, uh, Ben McAdoo's calling plays. Do you trust the offensive line? But Baker made some big time throws, and when Baker gets into that rhythm and he gets to play in structure and make plays. Um, Baker Mayfield really, really can be good. And I mean, in that second half, now that interception was really, really bad. I haven't watched the all 22 from that play, so I don't know what happened. Um, but that interception was uh, really, really bad. But that touchdown was a really nice throw by Baker. And I love that throw from him. And he gets to play more in structure and in rhythm more. Um, that'd be nice. Um, so, and I'm a Baker guy, obviously. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just saying, I'm a Baker guy. Um, I, I, I want to see Baker do better than the next guy. I think they have a really, really winnable game this week in New York. Um, Christian McCaffrey looked fine. Um, yeah, I was going to say, Christian McCaffrey looked pretty good um, and, you know, is not hurt, uh, which I think is good. Um, but really, I think it's going to roll with how Baker plays, how he handles pressure, because you know he's going to get pressured. Um, you know he's going to get pressured behind that offensive line. And also – how the defense can go. They kept, they keep drafting defense. They've got a young secondary. Um, you know, they traded for CJ Henderson, who I'm really um, interested to see how he's going to pan out um, because he has not, he did not look good in Jacksonville and didn't really get PT last year for this team. Of course, JC Horn coming back off injury. Um, and then you want to continue to see development of guys like Brian Burns and um, uh, Derek Brown, I believe. Um and 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 Yitor Gross Matos, you know, their edge players, obviously Hassan Reddick's over. Or no, Hassan Reddick's not part of this team anymore. Um, so you, you want to see how those guys can adjust, but uh, overall it's a 
it's a team with a good amount of talent, but just key, just TBDs at key, key positions, whether it's, you know, can Brian Burns become a consistent number one pass rusher? Um, can he be more than just a finesse rusher? Um, can, you know, the defensive line as a whole kind of coagulate and get, get going. Um, and, and then the offense, can the offensive line, you know, stay decent? Can Iki Akonwu really um, get better? And, and also, does Baker Mayfield, you know, what Baker Mayfield do we see on a week-to-week basics? Can he be the quarterback the Browns, Browns drafted him to be, or is he going to be, you know, the Baker Mayfield of last year, which was just atrocious and a backup in the league? So that, that's what I mean by, you know, TBDs and key positions. And also head coach and offensive coordinator, Sean, you're muted, by the way. Uh, thank you there for that, Warner. And now uh, this next team, we're probably going to spend the least amount of time about talking because there's nothing to talk about because it's the Dallas Cowboys. They are now the 25th ranked team. Probably just have something to talk about. Spots, it's because they have like four key players injured. Yeah. That like, is tough. Now, all I'm going to say is about this team, I, I have three key notes and then we're moving on. Um, Dak is out. The offense is going to be awful. Uh, yeah. Secondly... A, a, a big problem. Well, a big problem is it's just Mike McCarthy. He needs to get out of here. And Kellen Moore needs to do a better job. Uh, he he just called out Kellen Moore for not playing, calling plays the right way or, you know, being bad at calling the offense. And this freaking guy doesn't even know the play call. Like, he doesn't know what's in the playbook. That's that's unbelievable, first of all. Um, and before you get too Debbie Downerish, watching that, watching that, uh, the Bucks game. I do think, you know, Micah Parsons is a dog. He got pressure in the red zone, which is really key. I mean, Tampa Bay only scored 19 points, and that's not because they couldn't move the ball. That's because Dallas made key red zone stops. Um, But I will say, look for them to kind of get blown out as the season goes on. (laughs) Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I'm just saying, without doubt, they're going to be averaging like six points per game. You you just told me they'll be so so much of a Debbie Downer, and then you proceed to say – Expect this team to get blown out for the next six to eight weeks. Like, what? I will say their defense, though, and their pass rush, especially. Uh, you know, you know our thoughts and feelings on Trayvon Diggs. If you don't, go fast forward to the secondary of the Dallas Cowboys breakdown. Um, but <laughs> this pass rush is going to be good. You just you you hope that they can be good enough to kind of keep this game, keep this team in games, but. Uh, you know, C.D. Lamb obviously is going to take a hit production-wise. They're not going to have Washington or Gallup till at least week five. Um, it's it's going to be a tough road ahead, and your only hope is Dak Prescott can get healthy, can get fully healthy quickly. Um, but even so, it might be too late um, with, you know, the Eagles projecting to have a solid team and almost be able to run away with that division, although it is still the NFC East. So, you know, I guess they're still – they still got a shot. But it's going to end our bad but competitive tier – um, and, um, you know, I, I don't think there's much really to, to argue with here. I think uh, all these teams can stay in games, but either lack the offensive or defensive, um, power and presence to, to get moving. And, um, he, we're going to move into our long shot playoff contenders tier. And that's going to start with another NFC East team, the, uh, Washington commanders led by Carl Wentz. And of course, scary Terry McLaurin, he is a stud doesn't get talked about enough. And uh, I, I'm I typically don't do this, but just for the sake of it, because they play the number twenty third ranked team, the Detroit Lions, this week. So we might find something out about these two teams. But um, the, the the Commanders, Carson Wentz, it's just freaking. He's 
Carson Wentz. He's so, like, he's so bad. Like, you, you know what I mean? Like, I don't have to say anything, like, out of the ordinary. Because if I say Carson Wentz is Carson Wentz, you, you, you just know. You know by me yeah, saying that. Oh, everyone gets it. I mean, he was, what, 27? He threw four touchdowns over 300 yards, but it was against the Jags. You know, so I guess he – Positive that he played well against the Jags this time. I guess he just needed a change of scenery. Um, I mean, his last two games have been against the Jags, and he was absolutely terrible. And then he was one of the better quarterbacks in week one. So I guess that's a positive. But, um, you know, other than the bug that's really annoying Sean in the studio, I think the commanders, you, you want to see Chase Young take up that step to be a number one, you know, top 10 pass rusher that um, it looked like he was uh, coming to be. But, um, you know he that he's got to work on you know his technique his his rush moves he's definitely the athlete though you've got Jonathan Allen you got a stud D line still um, but you want to see that defense keep this team in games and you want to see Carson Wentz be able to play some sort of consistent football he doesn't have to be consistently top ten but he can't be going top ten bottom three top ten bottom five top ten backup you know best quarterback in week seven and then in week nine he you you want to cut him because he just gave up the game and threw two picks and had two other picks dropped and fumbled the ball and took a safety and tried to scramble and sprained both his angles. On, oh, sorry. I'm recapping last season. My bad. <laughs> Man, Sean is battling bugs right now, but um, I guess moving on to the lions at 23, um, they, they put up a buttload of points. The Eagles defense though, was the worst tackling defense in the league last week. And yeah. that just can't happen. Um, that the Eagles are going to be better than that, but uh, that can't happen. I think that's a big reason why the Lions' offense looks so explosive. Although I would, they got the tools. I wouldn't be necessarily surprised if they could be one of the better offenses, you know, in terms of point, points per game by the end of the season. Also, the Lions—they were, you know, late game points, very similar to that Niners Week One game last year. I'll also say that, like the, the it was thirty-one fourteen to start that second half. The Lions can't dig themselves into holes like that. Um, Amon Ross A. Brown's awesome. DeAndre Swift is just yeah, a freak good. of nature. If it um, weren't for Jonathan Taylor, he's the best back in that class. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, it, it, they're, they're really running the ball well behind this offensive line, and uh, I'm curious to see how they, how they do. I, I think the, the battle of the line play is going to be a, a, a key one. And the matchup with the, with the football team this week, the commanders this week, geez. Um, but I I'm really, and they're probably going to change their name next year too. Yeah, just say Washington. Yeah, there we go. Uh, but I'm really excited for that. I don't Aren't they moving to like Northern Virginia or something? Yeah, um, they are moving. What's it going to be the, the, the North Northern Virginia? Uh, the Dan Snyder owned uh, players. I don't know. <laughs> but I, I, don't, I don't have too many thoughts on the lions. Um, I don't know, man. It's you're gonna play hard. You're gonna play tough. You gotta have to beat them for thirty minutes, sixty minutes. Geez, not thirty minutes. Um, yeah. But um, yeah. But uh, the the next team, I'm gonna take a a very small victory lap. Part of it is because of our uh, NFL roundtable series. I'm gonna take a small victory lap. I told you so. The Arizona Cardinals. We got some flack, some slack, whatever. I keep saying flack. Flack. Oh yeah, it is flack. Flack yeah, is good. You know, like, 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 we're cutting the Packers some slack in this. In yes, this yes. We caught some flack. So we caught some flack. Whereas, 
the Cardinals, we caught flack because people thought they were going to be good, and they got absolutely destroyed by the Chiefs. And, and we, I told you so. Soft. They're soft. Soft. What? Totally. Teddy Bear. Wed. Now, look, Kyler is fine, but man, first off, he was running for his life against the As Kansas expected, Chiefs. Soft. Soft offensive line. Granted, I, no Rondale Moore, no DeAndre Hopkins. They actually ran the ball pretty decently in this game. Um, you know, they, they got creative. You know, Benjamin was looked nice. James Conner had a touchdown. We um, talked about that, by the way. Cliff getting really, um, you know, scheming up the run very well. Yep. But this offensive line and this defensive line, the front seven, they're just soft. They're bad. They they they're not competitive on a play to play in play out basis. And when you're missing two of your top three receivers, and have a soft offensive line play, you just can't get a passing game going together. And when you face the Chiefs against the defense that the Cardinals have with a weak secondary and a weak offense, I mean the the Chiefs could pass the ball, they could run the ball all game, and they'd still win. And and you know they chose to mix it up. Mahomes threw five touchdowns, and Edwards Alaire looked really good. The Mahomes was dancing circles around this team. Mahomes yeah. was able to do whatever he wanted to do, manipulating the pocket, throwing shots down the field. They were trying to use Isaiah Simmons like he was Derwin James, and that's he's just not him. Um, not I hope he can do him. He he definitely has the physical talent to do it, but I hope he never, can. But he's, he's running out of time. Technique, yeah, this technique is nowhere near as good as Derwin's, and you can be as fast and as strong and as powerful as you want, but you got to have good technique to be an elite NFL player. Moving on, number 26, and then 21, geez. Tennessee Titans, uh, I think this is what, just what the Titans are. I think they're going to be hovering around this range of fringe playoff team or like playoff possible playoff teams, which I think is our next tier, and then this long shot tier, which is right around where we had them at coming into the season. We weren't too particularly high on the Titans coming in. Uh, we we thought – Hill is not top 10, and as the, Derrick Henry goes, the offense goes, honestly – for this graphic, we we probably should have updated to Tate Crowder just destroying Derrick Henry instead of Derrick Henry destroying Josh Norman. Um, yeah. But I, I would expect Derrick Henry's production to increase and increase and increase and get too close to where he was before he got hurt last year. Um, but, you know, A.J. Brown, losing A.J. Brown is a blow to this team. They don't have particularly the most talented receivers. Combine that with some lackluster quarterback play, and they're, they're, all, they're a pretty one-dimensional offense, to be honest. And um, – you know, their defense, they got playmakers on the defense, but they just lack a complete defense to, um, you know, keep them in games and win a 17-14 to 14 game or 17-10 game um, against any type of quality offense. Yeah, you know, I'm going to give the uh, Titans some credit uh, for, you know, just finding guys that can, you know, step up and contribute. Like Kyle Phillips, I did mention in our uh, breakdown uh, mm-hmm. for the Titans roster that I really did like Kyle Phillips. Um, and I mean, like, like Dontrell Hillard, you know, has some big plays. Sherlock Burks looks fine. Um, I will say though, you know, they, they're a, a couple of coverage lapses away from winning this game still. Um, you know, I think it was Christian Fulton. They lost on a walk-off two-point conversion where Saquon just out-athleted the entire defense. I mean, yeah. let's, let's not, let's not act like they got blown out by, by the Giants. Like, and as a sneak preview, um, <laughs> Here's the Giants. I mean, the Giants. Oh, well, here we go. It's um, Saquon. It, it, it was a tight team by two sim. It was, it was a tight game by two similarly ranked, sim- similarly talented teams, and the Giants just happened to come out on top in the last seconds of the game. 
I, I was about to say, I felt more, uh, I had more positive, I, blah, blah, blah. I have more reactions for the Giants side than the Titans side. Um, I think Daniel Jones is still the same Daniel Jones. I think he gets crapped on a little too much, but he's the same guy. You get pressure on him, and if you try to tackle, tackle, uh, sack him or tackle him at all, basically, it's sackle. Um, it's going to be a sack. I mean, well, duh, it's going to be a fumble. So I was trying to, yeah. say, to get your <laughs> If you try to sack him, it's going to be a sack if you try to tackle yeah. him. Just, just uh, for the – for for you know gamesmanship, don't sackle him. Don't don't just grab him by the nuts and bring him down. That that's just hashtag analysis. He'll definitely fumble it though if you do that. Anybody? <laughs> uh, Saquon Barkley, man, like he looked so good. He's it was bad. So, He's it was bad. so fun to see him play well again. Bad. He he. And what was even more impressive? It wasn't like the old Saquon even before the injury where it was, okay, I'm going to have one big play and then yeah. I'm going to be 10 for 10 carries for 14 yards and then have like a big 50 yard carry to make it, to make it look good. This was like legitimately a really good Saquon Barkley game. A lot smarter and, and the game slowed down for him, even though he's been hurt. Like he, he's getting, you know, three, four, five yards a clip and then add in the home run plays, add in the plays where he makes a little bit out of nothing or a lot out of nothing. Hence, I mean, that two-point conversion play, he showed off every single skill set of a running back. I mean, he he caught the ball on a shovel pass. He, you know, he uses agility to get around a few defenders. Then he uses speed to get to the outside. He uses vision to cut up in. And then he uses power to finish the run. I mean, it was a fantastic play. And the offense is going to go with Saquon. I do really want to see – I was also calling for a Kadarius Tony breakout. I do want to see – this passing game really take a next step. Um, although Andrew, I mean Andrew Thomas, Evan Neal, I think oh. they're going to be they're going to be really good. They're going to be really good. And that was another note I had. I thought the tackles were really good. Uh, Evan Neal, Andrew Thomas looked nice. Um, the interior is a massive problem that they are going to have to address. I think it's specifically mm-hmm. left guard. They really got to get that interior part of that line figured out. Um, but I think run blocking wise, it's not bad. I think the offensive line, and I mean, I mean, they showed it. They ran the ball thirty-two times for yeah. two hundred thirty-eight yards. Like, what an yeah. incredible performance from this offensive line. The expectations that we had, um, and actually, Grant, we were kind of high. We were higher on this offensive line. But uh, Mike Kafka, I thought did a great job calling plays. Um, Daniel Jones, I thought was fine as a whole. The pass blocking wasn't great. I thought, like I mentioned, the run blocking on that part of the offensive line had a serviceable day but like Warner mentioned man let's see more Kadarius Tony out there and Aaron Robinson defensively I thought was fine as was uh really good for him but uh let's dive into this next team for us here and it's gonna I be the- say, look out for some Josh Joshua Zudu um of course he's he's a rookie this year but Ben Bredenson if he keeps playing the way he played at left guard uh I wouldn't be surprised to see Zudu come in sometime during the season but Pittsburgh Steelers. I think, I think they benched. I think they put in a Zudu, and it wasn't that great. Still, if I recall. But um, the Steelers, pretty much the same Steelers for the last two years. Not much offense, all defense and special teams. Um, but they they played a really complete game. They never gave up. They blocked a, an extra point, of course, then got lucky with some missed field goals. I will say, do not expect this the next time they play. And that man right there with the torn pec, that's going to be a big blow for them um, moving forward. Mitch Trubisky did not look good though, and that's that's not a good sign because he, he looked pretty solid in the preseason. You're going to hear a lot of Kenny Pickett chants if Trubisky continues to play the way he did. 
Yeah, there's literally nothing more to add on. Like, I'm not. I, I mean, like Deontay Johnson was awesome. Yeah, him and him and Minka were phenomenal. What a yeah. catch by the way, Deontay Johnson. That was. I mean, for a guy who's had drop problems his whole career, that one-handed snag on the sideline was incredible. Um, that was that was amazing. Yep, diving into the Browns here is going to wrap up this tier. I mean, Miles Garrett is awesome. The offense I'm really, really worried about, as expected, with no uh, Deshaun Watson. Granted, they're probably going to get it bailed out and by facing that uh, Jets team. But by, what I mean by bailed out, I don't, I'm don't. i not sure the Browns are going to be able to score a whole bunch of points against the Jets. The Jets did a really nice job containing the run, at, um, and they have, they have some opportunistic corners. Um, so that's going to be a, an interesting game. But Jacoby Brissett is just Jacoby Brissett. This offense, yeah. I don't trust to put up points. If they win this game this week, it's going to be yeah. because – of, uh, they've got to they've got to run the ball to be successful, and um, you know that, that's that's pretty much what it boils down to: run the ball, play defense, and uh, you'll be in a lot of games. I will say, if they can go, you know, if they can only be two or three games below five hundred going into week thirteen, they might have a shot at like the seven seed in the AFC. Um, that's a that's a big TB. The AFC is so competitive, but they are still in this um, you know playoff hopeful tier. Um, again, wrapping that up at 18, they drop eight spots, but that's just because we had them, um, higher because Deshaun Watson was the quarterback. We based all our offensive grades and rankings off of Watson. Um, and with Brissett, uh, you know, being the quarterback for the first 12 games, um, it, that, that they're just, they're a middle, middle of the pack team. Um, but get, moving on to, uh, the next tier, the um, you know the p- possible playoffs kind of on the fringe. We we got to see something that starts with the Patriots, and we got to see something from that offense. Mac Jones was not good. Um, he reports in camps were that he was really bad. We got to see something from Joe Judge, Matt Patricia, and Bill Belichick when it, when it comes to getting this offense together. Um, they've got the bodies to be really good. I mean, um, Ramondre Stevenson and, and Damian Harris in the backfield. They've got Hunter Henry, Jonu Smith. They've got four quality receivers with Parker, Bourne, um, uh, Jacoby Myers, and, and Nelson Aguilar. Uh, they drafted um, the speedster. Tyquan uh, Thornton. The, there you go, Ty, yeah, Tyquan Thornton. So they've got the pieces there. They've got a good offensive line, but it's just it's all on the shoulders of Mac Jones, uh, whether they can really put it together and, and um, you know, take this next step. Yeah, absolutely, Warner. And, uh, you know, the defense looked all right. You know, the defense actually really only gave up 13 points. You know, Melvin Ingram had a fumble return for a touchdown. So the defense only gave up 13 points against the Dolphins. Um, You know, they just need more stuff. We need we need to see more from this offense. I, I, I think it's possible that we can get it. Uh, they have a big-time game against the Steelers this week. And um, it's going to be huge. And, I mean, for, for Christ's sake, they need to figure out this running back room. Like, uh, uh, stop splitting touches. Like, yeah. figure it out. Damien Harris, Ramondre Stevens, that's like they're eliminating the offense. And, um, yeah, I mean, hopefully we can uh, – hopefully Mac Jones can get back in that groove that he was in for so much of last season. Um, or maybe that is really just Josh McDaniels, Tim. Um, let's uh, <laughs> dive into the number 16th-ranked team, the Miami Dolphins. Uh, by the way, the best the best touchdown celebration in football yeah. belongs to that man. It's – uh hilarious it's uh just great it's a it's appealing to, it's appeasing to look at i don't know why i'm saying warner help me out here 
Um, but the mm-hmm. offense, this is what we're going to expect from this offense. You know, these play action boot wide zone. Gotcha. Um, you know, running the Shanahan. Of, I mean, and this is literally how we described it. I think when we did our Dolphins breakdown was this offense is going to be the most Shanahan of all Shanahanian offenses. Um, the offensive he's, line. He's really getting you, aren't they? Um, but no, Tua opened the game. man. Like, geez, what's going on here? Tua opened the game with an awful throw. But um, I, I I think Tua can still be effective um, when it comes to when it comes to this team and running this offense. I mean, he's got the playmakers to do it. And um, quite frankly, like, it's on him if he if he can't do it. It's just – it's all on him. Um, that It just – can't can't happen. So two is two has got to get it together. Um, other than that, I think they're going to be able to run the ball. I think Austin Jackson just got hurt. That's not too big of a loss. He wasn't very good, um, but he was still a starting lineman. Um, but you know, yeah, other than that, there's not much to say. Then two has got to get his stuff together. The defense going to play good defense. Um, They've got good corners. They've got a decent pass rush. I mean, it is what it is, really. I keep spoiling it. My bad, guys. That's on me. That's on me. Although I will say this really quickly. Tua, didn't look too, too bad. Number 15, Broncos country. Why left? Why left? Broncos Broncos country. country. Why left? Why left? What do I like? Bum, 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 bum. We like. Wait, no, wait. I'm trying to, that, that that very cringy and corny Russell Wilson uh, TikTok. You know what I'm talking about? No, dude. I don't, I don't watch Russell Wilson's TikToks, dude. No, it's, it's 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 just been floating around Twitter. It's not like I'm like going to Russell Wilson's Twitter page to look at his TikTok. Sean, Sean has no. He's always the first watch. He's the first guy. He's Sean's a big Team Three guy over here. But um, <laughs> um uh, no, you know the, the offense was like, terrible on the last play of the game. Should have thrown the back shoulder to uh, what was it, Sutton? But um, yeah, you know, I mean, this, this is slow start. Slow start. They didn't. That Seattle just outpassioned them. Honestly, um, the the twelfth man really got really got loud and got in Russ's, um, you know, got to the offense, and um, it. I think they're going to get together offensively. But they've got to they've got to figure it out soon because they can't lose they can't get too many games behind um, when it comes to this AFC West. Crucial, crucial that they stay they stay afloat and they stay alive. Yeah, absolutely, and um, th- th- that's just a loss that you know that's really going to hurt them. And uh, just the late game management, they they have to beat Houston this week. They have to. They can't afford to lose that game. But uh, you know we'll see, and that's going to wrap up this tier here. You know Denver. They're, they could be a playoff team. We don't we don't view them as a playoff team. We didn't have them as that coming in the year. But um, you know, things can change. You know, let's talk about the number 14th ranked team that uh is one of our bigger risers. And uh the defense has to step up for this Philadelphia Eagles squad. But this team, you know, by the way, pretty much playoff locks. Looks like the Eagles are gonna win the division. Um, and you know, the teams coming up here are either really good teams that are probably gonna get wild cards, uh, or or else win their win their division. So, yeah, that starts with the Eagles. They've got so much offensive firepower. They've got so much defensive talent, but they've got to tackle. They were the worst tackling team, and it showed against the Lions, especially in that second half. They've got to tackle. Have to. James Bradbury, though, pick six uh, in his debut. 
Absolutely. Now, this is the best I've seen Nick Sirianni coach, so I'm giving Nick Sirianni some credit. Jalen Hurts looks fine. Hey, hey. They got dogs. They got dogs on that team. Oh, okay. Gee, um, I, I, I heard. I heard when the when when they uh, they play the Giants in in New York, Nick Sirianni is going to pick one fan of the crowd to fight, uh, like he did at the tennis courts. You remember when that room was floating around? That's electric. Nick Sirianni is a strange dude, but he he coached a pretty good game. I will say Jalen Hurts has got to become a better passer, and he's got to do it fast. Uh, otherwise, they're going to be the same Eagles we saw last year get bounced out in the first round by a superior opponent, by a good defense that runs uh, a quote-unquote complicated scheme and that Jalen Hurts can't recognize, and um, they're not going to have any offense. But they've got good running backs. They've got really good receivers. They've got the best O-line in football in our eyes, and they've got one of the better pass rushes in football. They've got they've got so much depth and overall talent on this roster and this defense that um, it's really – it's pretty much Jalen Hurts. If they don't make the playoffs, it's on Jalen Hurts unless they become the San Francisco – or the Philadelphia Eagle IRs or whatever we want to – we'll make up some entry name for the for these guys if that happens. But it's on Jalen Hurts, um, and he's got to improve. We saw it against the Lions. It wasn't good. He's got to get better. And their opponent this week with the best receiver in football, um, he might have overtaken Devontae Adams in my eyes, man. It's, it's like 1A, 1B to me. I mean – and then you got probably Jamar Chase, Cooper Cup. I know I'm forgetting somebody, but um, Tay. Uh, you already said Tay. You no, know, yeah, one A, one B. Then there's like a little tier gap, and you got Jamar, um, Cooper Cup. Again, forgetting somebody. Um, Tyreek's still up there. Yeah, Tyreek. That's what I was forgetting. That's what I was forgetting. Make sure I'm not. Make sure you're not forgetting anybody else. I, I think Hopkins has lost a step. I think Keenan's not quite step. there yet. He's not as and then you like look at you're looking at a few guys that are like yeah. not there. There's like a whole another tier below. But the point not is we're not quite as complete. But yeah, Justin Jefferson's phenomenal. Um has the whole package. Great. Probably 70 to 80 yards of his production was just absolute negligence by Joe Barry uh, and the way he called the defense. But he's gonna be pretty much hundred yards a game, probably gonna lead the league in catches and yards and maybe touchdowns this year. He might win the receiving triple crown. And, I, I mean, he's got Kevin O'Connell, who's the coach to do it. I mean, Cooper Cup just won it last year. Um, and, you know, Justin Jefferson's a more physically talented receiver than Cooper Cup. And he's got Kevin O'Connell calling that offense. Um, you combine that with a red zone threat and a short yardage threat and Adam Thielen, they, the Vikings have a really explosive receiving core. And they don't necessarily have to go four or five deep when it comes to targets and receivers because they've got the top-end talent. Talked about Jefferson, talked about Cup or not Cup, Thielen, wrong white receiver. Um, but they also have Dalvin Cook out of the backfield to kind of balance it and, um, you know, be be a contributor not only in the passing game, but being a really explosive runner to kind of balance the offense. Um, it, Kirk Cousins is almost underrated at this point. He's either really overrated or really underrated, and it depends Depending on who, on who you talk to, yes. Yeah. So, love this Vikings team. Let's uh, dive into the next team, number 12. The Las Vegas Raiders, and uh, let's just—I'm just gonna keep it blunt, straight to the point. We stand with Max Crosby. We will never underrate that guy again. Yeah, um, yeah. I, 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 I've, I've learned my lesson. Trust me. Um, Chandler Jones did not look good, which I think is a blow to this defense. Just oh, Chandler Jones and Max Crosby's better than Khalil, Khalil Mack and Joey Bosa. My, you—you you can hear the, hear the whispers or whatever. Stop it. Now, really quickly, I do want to say this. Nate Hobbs 
looked really, really good. I will say that. Kudos, kudos to I mean, Nate Hobbs. Yeah. Um, because, I mean, I guess maybe I can see, I don't agree still, like what you traded your best corner for scraps uh, makes no sense to me. But I will say this. This team, I, I still like the Raiders a, lo- a lot more than I do the Broncos. Yeah. But Derek, Derek Carr. Probably better against, yeah, under pressure. It's the same old Derek Carr. Um, you know, you get four on them. Heck, you even you, you pressure them, you blitz them. You can do whatever you want with Derek Carr. You get pressure on him in any capacity, you are going to um, – He's not he, like Mahomes where you just can't blitz Mahomes or he's going to make you pay. You, you can blitz Derek Carr or you can send four after him, but if you get pressure on Derek Carr, he's not the same quarterback where if he has a clean pocket. He's a borderline top 10 guy with a clean pocket, and he's probably bottom – at least fifteen well, when, yeah. it, when it comes to um, when, it, when it comes to just you know under pressure at all. Yeah, and, and that's what we did. You know, their, their offensive tackle situation or their offensive line in general is just a massive uh, no no bad situation in general. And we got pressure. The Chargers got pressure on them, and uh, you know they were they were able to get home on them. And he just made awful reads. Um, Hunter, I mean, Grant Cousin Chargers, they took away Hunter Renfro, but I mean, just a really bad game from Derek Carr. Bad reads, being typical Derek Carr, not stepping not being able to manipulate the, the pocket well. But uh, number 11, Indianapolis Colts, you, you just you just want to see the Colts get all to better starts, man. But I think we did see the potential yeah. of this offense. Yeah, That's defense. Matt Ryan, he's got to take control of his offense. No Shaq Leonard in week two, by the way, concussion protocols. Yep. Um, so that's going to hurt their defense. but For him and uh, Alex Pierce. Game, yeah, hopefully this game could be a bounce-back game for the Colts where they kind of establish an offensive rhythm and also a defensive rhythm, lacking two pretty important players in Alec Pierce, who's a starting receiver, and also probably their second-best defensive player behind Darius – not Darius Leonard, um, behind um, De- DeForest Buckner. My bad. There we go. Um, <laughs> imagine saying Shaq Leonard's not as good as Darius Leonard. That's crazy. But um, – yeah, hopefully it's cool. You, get- you said it again. You mean the Forrest Buckner? Uh, no, 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 no. I, I purposely said it that time. Um, so uh, somehow the name Darius makes him a little bit better in coverage. I don't know. I'm just I'm talking out of my uh, my um, what the Raiders uh, pass rush is to Sean. Um, but no, <laughs> okay, calm down. What the uh, what, the number ten team led by um, probably the most electric man in interviews, um, <laughs> James Winston. This guy though, Mike Thomas is back. He showed off what made Mike Thomas Mike Thomas, and that's the the uh, the quick routes, um, the the separation he he brings, separation not only by with his feet and his legs, which is important, but also separation he brings with his long frame and, and really strong hands. We saw him in the red zone against AJ Terrell. I already mentioned that, um, but this Saints this Saints team really has really uh, he, they're they're a solid Jameis Winston, like they're a middle tier quarterback Jameis Winston away from you know almost being able to win a playoff game, honestly. They're they're so yeah. they're that talented. Their defense is that good as well. Yeah, I just have a couple of notes from this game. Uh like I said, I watched this game a couple of times back. Um Jameis looks really, really rusty to start, which is yeah. fine. He's coming up in ACL. Um Pete Carmichael, the offensive coordinator, really could get into a rhythm, I feel, as a play caller. But that second half, and I mean specifically when they decided to go down, what was it, like 20 zip or something? Yeah, it was a twenty zip, but like it was like you, you get the point, right? Yeah. Whenever when they when they when they decide to go down by twenty, that's when like Pete Carmichael and the offense decide, hey, let's decide to get into a rhythm offensively, right? <laughs> they they got down 
Oh, my bad. So it was 20, 26, 23 to 3. Or 26 to 3. 26 10. 10? Okay. Yeah. It was 23 um, 3 after the third. It was 23 10 after the third. 23 10. They scored 17 points. Oh, yeah, 10. My bad. I forgot their, <laughs> forgot their first quarter touchdown. Um, I do say, I want to say Alvin Kamara. Uh, you'd like to see him get more production on the ground. I know he's a really good receiver and he can really make up that production through air yards, but. Um, you never want to see a rushing game that averages like two or three yards per carry. You just, you, you, you never want to see that. Um, other than that, uh, I mean, Taysom Hill was electric when he got the ball. Of course, he had that big run. Yeah. Um, and, and Jarvis Landry, a really good debut. Want to Another see more of the Chris Olave, but he, you know, he only had three targets. He caught all three of them. There's not much more you can ask. What um, I will say. Two, um, except for just uh, feed be featured more in the offense, but that's a Pete Carmichael, James Winston decision. Well, we'll say about Chris Olave when he was featured and when he did go to him, he was really aggressive at the catch point. Great yeah. separation ability as well, which is why I loved him so much coming out. Um, the defense, uh, Pete Warner uh, was kind of a standout. I just like a guy that I'm not going to lie to you, I couldn't really take my eyes off, off on tape. Um, just a guy that was flying around, you know, behind the line of scrimmage a lot. Um, or at the line of scrimmage, rather, making big-time plays. And, you know, I think he's really worked on some of that coverage ability as well. Um, interior offensive line and left tackle. So, uh, I think it's Layden Hurst, who's your starting left tackle. And then uh, Cesar Ruiz and uh, Andrews. Hurst? Hmm? James Hurst, right? James Hurst, my bad. Yeah. Um, your, your guards and your left tackle situation all of a sudden is a massive question mark because, I mean, no, great. not panned out. He was like one of the top center prospects coming out in that year. He's played guard because they have uh, Eric McCoy at center, who's a great center. But um, he's really going to take a step up. I'm afraid he might, you know, he's looking to get that second contract soon, and he has not panned out so far to be that first-round pick that, that the Saints selected him to be. Right, and then, uh, you know, you look at – you have Andres Pete, I believe, is the right guard or left guard. Uh, the left left guard. guard. I mean, granted, they played against Grady Jarrett. Um, so, you know, take that with what you will. Grady Jarrett looked awesome, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But this is a big-time week for this team, for this offense. We really want to see how this offense looks against the Bucks defense. Um, I'm confident the Saints defense will be fine against that Bucks offense, but I really want to see how this offense fares uh, against a stout Bucks defense. And that's going to end this tier of teams that should make the playoffs uh, the Saints do not drop six spots. That's an error on our end. Um, the Saints actually rise, I believe, one spot. Or maybe two. I think it's two spots. They were ranked 12th. Um, yeah. So mm-hmm. the Saints actually rise two spots. That's an error on our end. I'm, um, again, break out some of the kinks. But um, we're Imagine drunk- that the Saints at four going into the season. That's crazy. Yeah. They were now ranked four, guys. Yeah. Don't, don't, yeah. don't. They were, they were ranked 12th. They rose two spots. Um, Colts dropped one spot. Those are both errors there. But uh, moving into this this next tier, this is going to be your teams that have you know Super Bowl potential that are you know almost guaranteed playoff locks and and that could definitely make a run for the Super Bowl. Um, it, we're going to go nine through four here, um, and that starts with the Bengals. They played absolutely terrible. They might have had the worst Week One performance of like pretty much any team except for maybe the Cowboys. <laughs> but um, you know. Joe Burrow is not going to play like that week in, week out. I mean, this, I was, the offense is going to be much better. They're going to get the kicking operation down. It's just – it was a, it was almost a, a fluke game where Joe Burrow played unnaturally bad for the first three quarters. And then in the fourth quarter in overtime, their 
their kicking unit just played unnaturally bad. They had the obviously the injured long snapper um, missed a few kicks, had the extra point blocked. And um, when you just combine all that, just a fluke game, honestly, against a really good defense and a well-coached team in Pittsburgh, similar to what the Bills had, honestly, against the Steelers last year in week one, where the Steelers won, I think, 17-10, 17-13, something like that, where the Bills offense just couldn't couldn't get it going and um, lost to, to the Steelers team. We're not going to see that the next time these two teams match up. Yeah, and, and I was actually talking to our buddy Zim, uh, you know, who's come on the pod in the past, and I actually told him, like, man, you know, we got to get you back on. Um, but like, talking to him and trying to other Bengals fans, you know, they they're like, and I, I was like, hey man, Burrow is that that was the worst I've seen Joe Burrow play for the first three quarters. Sure. Really. Uh, just just staring down this man, going through really bad reads. Um, yeah. I, I, I the defense too. Like Pittsburgh did a good job of disguising man zone and what type of zone as well. Um, whether that was a, a match or a straight zone, or whether it was cover two, cover three, cover four. They did a really good job of disguising it. Joe Burrow just couldn't see it like how he normally does. I mean, the the processor and him being able to read a defense both pre and post snap was really what separated him in his first few years. And he just did not have that for whatever reason in week one. Um, I think the Bengals are just going to throw that appendix back in there and, and get moving. Oh, I, I was, I was going to make the joke, but uh, you made it for me. Um, I will say this, though, and I've talked about this in the past. It actually was so funny. Is I'm not I'm not crazy because now granted they didn't no, say it. No, that's that's debatable. We'll okay. Pump the brakes on that one. But go ahead. Because there, uh, so I was in the, the space with Zim and some Bengals fans. Actually, you know, actually Bengals fans are decently intelligent. Um, <laughs> but um, and I was about to make a comment about Burrow because I made a statement on the show in the past. I think Burrow's pocket presence is incredibly overrated. He's not awful or anything. Be like, it's not bad. Geez. It's just not like top three in the league it's not elite he's i would say it's not even to the tom brady level of not being a mobile quarterback but being a mobile in the pocket quarterback to be able to make defenders miss well you know just you know a slight step up maybe a step and a half just at the at the right time to buy a few extra seconds or or you know an extra few steps for your receiver to get separation he's not quite at that level yet which i think a lot of people are honestly rushing him to get to right um but he's not like I'd still argue he's probably top ten uh, in terms of pocket presence, top twelve. As another fly flies on my face, geez, the studio has to get better. Um, and but like they were like, so it was a legitimate question. Like somebody asked, uh, like, hey, so uh, how 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 were the sacks? You know, were they uh were they uh Burrow? Were they the O line? What was it? They have like a counter. They're like, oh yeah, four of the sacks were on the O line. Three of the sacks were on Burrow, and like the it was like ten people in there. They were all like in unison. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, like, bro, you got a Burrow counter for the sacks he takes. Like, so I'm I will say Cam Hayward dominated Cordell Volson, the the rookie uh, left guard, I believe. Um, dominated him. Uh, T.J. Watt dominated as well before he got hurt. But yeah, Joe Burrow, you can't. Alex Highsmith. I mean, was if you're sacked ball. four games, or if you're sacked four times, that's not good. If you're almost doubling that just on your own fault, um, that's that's almost that's more than just double bad. If if you understand what I'm saying, the quarterback uh, cannot just be running into sacks um, at you know at freaking 175 percent um, of the sacks that they that they would have had. It, you just you, you can't have that, especially when you're going up such uh, against such a good pass rush and defense in general in the Steelers. 
I mean, sacks are drive killers. They're momentum shifters. And when you're adding three of those to the four you already given up, it's just unnecessary. It's you're just unnecessarily killing the momentum of your offense. Don't overreact, people. The San Francisco 49ers get a rank eighth. First off, they did not have that man 85. <laughs> you know, Second honestly, off, this tier could be the teams that played terrible in week one but are going to get their stuff together. <laughs> Moving on. That, that's, um, literally, that's literally half of this we, tier. We got Bengals. We got Niners. We got the Rams. We got the Packers. Um, yeah. Sorry to spoil it, but you guys are going to see it in the next few minutes. Yeah. Um, but um, look, no, no 85. No 85. You're playing in a freaking monsoon. Like, bro, I'm not taking – Trey Lance's first start of his career. No, it, well, that's – Did he have a start last year? Third, third start of his career. First yeah. start as a full-time starter, like going through every – going through a full-off. His off first season. real start of his career. His, his first real start as a full-time starter. Um, Like, I'm not overreacting at all. This defense looked nice, though. I will give them credit on that. Again, um, monsoon, Justin Fields, Bears offense. Yeah. D. Greenlaw was really exposed. Um, he no, that, that, he that, was that, almost always out of position. And, you know, when you have Fred Warner, you're like, oh, I have a really good linebacker room. But D. Greenlaw's got to step it up. Um, you know, it was it's almost like, where's D. Greenlaw? Where's he supposed to be in this defense? Throw it to that spot where he's supposed to be because he's not there. Um, but I will say, I think he'll get it together. He's not been that bad in the past. So um, I think he'll get it together. And I think that's really going to close the holes in the Niners defense. And, um let them be able to play, you know, really good defense, not in the monsoon. Yeah. No big overreactions. They have Seattle at home this week. Take care of business, please. Um, number seven is the Baltimore Ravens. Lamar Jackson, man, is insane. He's a he's an incredibly talented player. Dever Duvernay. Uh, Told you he was going to break out. Blinking. Rashad Bateman. I don't know why I blinked on Rashad Bateman, my guy. Um, you know, Rashad had some big time catches. That defense looked nice, but, you know, there, there's, there's going to be some problems for them this week because they're going to be missing Kyle Fuller, who's out for the year, Brandon Stevens with the quad injuries, missed the past two practices. Marcus Peters is projected to be out as well. Um, as of right now, at least anyway, he hasn't played. I believe he tore his ACL as well last year. And then Marlon Humphrey with the groin injury, he missed practice on Friday. So that's a big question mark. Um, how they get a fair against that Dolphins receiving core? But um, do you remember? Do you remember that? Um, do you remember that that video going out where it was it was last off season? Lamar threw a pass. It wasn't the greatest ball. It was real wobbly, and people were talking about, "Oh, Lamar's washed." But also, look at the practice field because they had like brownish grass, um, just because of that you know seasonal changes in the grass environment in Baltimore. Um, I don't know. Something's wrong with their facility. They need to have some extra topsoil on there or something. More cushioning because these players' knees are getting absolutely shattered. They've had probably like six or seven ACL injuries in the last two seasons. That's unacceptable. But other than that, as they continue to get more healthy, they get J.K. Dobbins back, Peters back, presumably in the next few weeks. Marlon Humphrey uh, presumably gets healthy. Uh, Ronnie Stanley as well. They're getting some big-time players back, and and I will say um, that that's really going to bump them up. And, um, you know, they've already got a one-game one lead on the Bengals uh, just because how bad the Bengals played. And uh, that's that's definitely that's going to help them as they go on. All right, Sean, go ahead. I, I know what you want to do. And now. No, you bastard. <laughs> and now. Come in, number six. They are in the greatest city of the world in Los Angeles, California. Their starting quarterback is West. 
Their starting quarterback is from the University of Oregon, who wears number 10, and he is the most beautiful man in the world. He would win sexiest man in the world per People's Magazine if he entered. He does not like cameras on his face, but he is the most razzle-dazzling, amazing, spectacular, both, I don't know, I was running out of stuff. But coming in number six. He has broken ribs. Justin Herbert. Chargers, Chargers, Chargers. Coming in number six, the Los Angeles Chargers. Chargers. Yeah, there we go. We got Warner involved. All right, yeah, we just spent like a whole minute doing that. We're already running long. But, yeah, the Chargers. Um, week one, I mean, good win against the Raiders. Uh, Joey Bosa, Khalil Mack are studs. Keep it short and sweet, Warner. Keep it short and sweet. I got you. I got you. I'm going to make up for lost time. Five key points. Herbert's awesome. Man, we're missing Keenan Allen. Trey Pipkins, post-week one, looks really good. I thought he held his own against Crosby and Chandler Jones when he had the opportunity to only give up two pressures. Thought he That's looked really good. encouraging because Ryan Jackson was a huge hole from last year. You know that with Blaga being so inconsistent, being health-wise – Having Storm Norton in there, that's huge. Trey Pipkins um, having a full, you know, 17 game healthy season, being a quality right tackle is, is going to be crucial for this team in this offense. Asante Samuel Jr. is be, uh, being able to tackle. Oh. He's, 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 he's really like good. being able, the ability, he needs the ability to be able to tackle in space. If he can do that, my God, you're looking at one of the premier corners. By the yeah. end of next season, I can say this year, but the way he's looked the first by the end of year two, the way I mean, if he can get that tackling together, he's going to keep improving coverage wise. He's got the speed, he's got the strength, he's got the ball skills. Um, he could be a top, you know, fifteen corner in the league, being number one, and and honestly, he could be better than J.C. Jackson by the end of the season. I, I don't have any hesitation in saying that. Also, Zion Johnson, love you. All right, That's moving good. on. Ah, oh, man, the Packers offense. The next team in our uh, what the hell with week one, but they're going to be better than that moving on. <laughs> oh, man, Aaron Rodgers and the Packers, they they, they, they left some points on the board. Uh, Joe Barry is an imbecile. Um, and, they left yeah. Like 21 points on the board, but real quick, defensive-wise, offense is going to get straightened out. Obviously, Christian Washington dropped that touchdown. They got stopped twice in the goal line. It is what it is. They they were missing both their tackles. Yeah, the offense was pretty bad in week one. Allen's art's not going to change that, but getting two tackles back definitely will. Joe Barry, though, um, inexcusable. Whether they, I mean, they 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 weren't communicating. They didn't know if they were playing match zone. They didn't know if they were playing straight up zone. Um, they barely played any man. They didn't use probably the their they didn't use their twenty plus million dollar corner. And Alexander to shadow a game wrecking receiver in Justin Jefferson, um, and you know they they just they put their Joe Barry put his defense in bad spots. They didn't blitz nearly as much as they should have, other than Rashawn Gary being really good. They and Kenny Clark being really good. Um, they weren't getting as much pressure as they should have, and and they weren't covering Justin Jefferson. That's pretty much what it boils down to. Um, they. They've got the the diversity and skills. They've got the overall great guy in, in Jair, Jair Alexander. has got all the traits. They've got a good coverage guy who kind of lacks the top end athleticism and speed and Russell Douglas. And they've got the opposite of that in Eric Stokes, who's really athletic, really fast, but lacks some technique. 
Um, they've got the ability to match up with any receiver room in the in the nation, in the league. But they just uh, sorry, I went to college there for a second. They've got the 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 secondary to match up with any receiver uh, room in the league. But Joe Barry's got to call better defense. Um, and you know, honestly, if he keeps calling defenses like that, he should be on the hot seat. That's pretty much all I got though for uh, Green Bay. Their offense will get together at some point. Number four. I guess I'll, I guess yeah, the can, last tier, the last team in this uh where were they in week one? The Packers and the Rams, the 49ers and the Cincy Bengals. What the hell happened to them in week one? Well, Joe Burrow of the day. Sorry, well, sorry. Well, Joe Burrow threw four interceptions. Yes, he did. Well, the 49ers played in a monsoon. Oh, no. Aaron Rodgers and the Packers are about to fire all of their wide receivers. And Joe Barry. And the and – the, dang it, I messed it up. Crap, that was good. Uh, the Rams, uh, as I was trying to get to them. Terrible Matthews. offense. Black luster. They didn't show any effort. Matthew Savage was staring down Cooper Cup. Pretty much it was run like four times. Just run, take four steps off the ball, and the ball's going to Cooper Cup, so stop running. I know Allen Robinson had a lot of flags. There was like a third down, like seven or eight against the Bills, right? They freaking lined up in, in an empty package. And I sent this video to Sean because I was watching the game, and I was like, what, what are they doing? I mean – You've got one of the more you got one of the better quarterbacks in the league. You've got an elite play caller. You've got the right formation and empty set. It's third and manageable with this offense. And they basically go four guys run up, jog off the line, walk off the line, few steps into a lazy curl route. Cooper Cup runs, finds a little bit of space, four yards down the field, and gets tackled like almost right away. And they don't get the first down when they punt. I mean, that's pretty much the story of the game. Matthew Stafford was staring down receivers, staring down mainly Cooper Cup. They've got to get more creative. They've got to show more effort, and they've got to um, get, I think, Allen Robbins in the ball more. He's not the same as he used to be, but he's still a, a, a really good, um, a potentially really good receiver that um, was just not used and, and didn't show the effort either um, when it came to the, the Bills game. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, the, his, his route tree is very limited. Um, I felt like it was just all three yard hitches and, you know, Stafford was going elsewhere, yeah, but, um, basically. yeah. And that's going to end this tier of teams that are, you know, what the hell happened to them in week one, number, uh, number three. Yeah. Top three. These are Super Bowl favorites at this point. Looked really, really good. And that's going to start with the Kansas City Chiefs. They blew out the, the Cardinals, uh, Offense was clicking on all cylinders. The defense obviously played against a lesser opponent and a lesser uh, offense. Um, but, yeah, the Chiefs played really well. They've been Mahomes has been spreading the ball around. It's basically Travis Kelsey and then everybody else is getting, you know, three to five targets. It's up to you what you do with them. Um, I really want to see them incorporate MVS down the field more. I think that's just going to take time. Um, and, and I think Juju Smith-Schuster – they got their deep threat. They got their short to intermediate guy and, and Juju Smith-Schuster, and they've got the number one. You know, when we need a catch, we're going to Travis Kelsey. And then, you know, they've got their gimmick players like Sky Moore, like Nicole Hardman, and the uh, the running backs. I like the skill set they have at running back with the uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire and Jared McKinnon show pretty much 
um, being the feature there. But yeah, the Chiefs played really well, and and I, I I really am encouraged by the young players stepping up in the complicated and notoriously slow starting Steve Spagnolo defense. They stepped up really well and uh, played a good game against the Cardinals. Now again, lesser offense, but um, not an offense that you can you know just you know be bad and be slow and and slack off on because they still have Kyler Murray. The um, next team is going to be the Buffalo Bills opening night. They were dominant. Josh Allen was phenomenal. Just it's all rhythm and timing. And if that timing's a little bit late, they're either off or Josh Allen moves over and moves to the next read. If he gets pressure, he extends the play, does Josh Allen things, runs the ball for seven or eight yards or throws the ball to a guy like Gabe Davis, Stephon Diggs, uh, or Isaiah McKenzie on the run, Dawson Knox. They've just, they've got a really well, a uh, cohesive offense, a really well, um, a, a offense with really good chemistry that um, really, you know, is a cohesive bunch that, again, they have a rhythm and timing offense and they are, they are in the right spot at the right time. And that's the key. That's the key um, with the bills. Josh Allen can make any throw on the field. Um, he's got the arm strength to do it. And if you are in the right spot at the right time and you are, you know, got a corner draped all over you, Josh Allen can still get you the ball just because of how strong his arm is. That's pretty much the bills offense in that shell and the bills defense. Uh, Von Miller got good pressure. Uh, I would say Ed Oliver also uh, looked very good when it comes when it came to rushing the passer. And, um, and they, they, they just rallied the football. They, they're instinctive. They rallied the football. They close very fast. And um, no Tredavious uh, White seemed like no problem. Yeah. Um, great job by the Bills. Uh, and it didn't feel like they, they skipped the B offensively. I actually thought they got a little bit more creative with the run game. The run game looked very good, a lot better than last year. Yeah. With pretty much the same backs as well. Zach Moss yeah. and um, a lot Seems of Terry was awesome. Seems Terry was yeah. awesome. And uh, oh, number I one, like, I don't like them pulling James Cook though after the one fumble. It was an ugly fumble. He can't do that, but I don't think you pull a rookie just because you know he fumbles once. I think you got to give him. You got to give him some more. You got to keep feeding him. Um, if he fumbles again and again, get off the field. But um, I mean, one fumble is it's just it's just growing pains. Really, is is how I see it. Yeah, and number one, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The offense work in progress. I will admit that. Um, Julio Jones looked great, though. Dude, Julio looked great, but the injuries are, the injuries are starting to pile up. You know, they're missing Chris Godwin now. Dom is Smith. He's gonna miss some time. They're starting left tackle Ryan Jensen already. We already know they're uh, missing him. Um, the injuries are starting to pile up offensively, and uh, you know you're starting you're gonna start to be able to get to Brady a little bit. I think we're gonna see just prediction. I think we might anticipate be able to anticipate. Um, one of these other teams, whether it's uh, whether it's Kansas City, uh, spoiler potentially, or Buffalo, you know, overtaking the Bucks. Um, I will say, Bucks still have a great defense, elite um, defense. And Antoine Winfield is taking that next next step. He's going to be really good this season. Yeah, but Warner, unless you have anything else, man, this was fun. I can't wait this for more. Um, it's going to be shorter as we go along. Uh, about an hour and 20 minutes right now. But thank you guys so much for watching. Again, follow us on Twitter at Sports Headline 8. Um, it's uh, it's where you're going to be able to, you know, really, really make your input known. Obviously, YouTube comments. Um, feel free to give us your ideas, what you want to see um, there. Give us your opinions on our rankings. But uh, Twitter, vote on polls. Um, get, get active. 
tag Sean, tag the uh, the show account yeah, with with what you want to see because we are responsive and these film breakdowns are going to be really really fun as we move along. But thank you guys so much for watching, sticking with us uh, through the entire episode, and peace out.